time, weather, and... Always Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What is our common bond truly? Freedom. Freedom. Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about. And that's the only thing that it's all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. Politics and precious metals, wealth and warfare, markets and the monetary system, currency and current events, weapons, great truth. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I am your host, Tony Arterburn. I'm broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, the New World Order, the Build Back Better, Biden, Beelzebub, Baphomet, Bilderberg, Bankster Bunch. I think I left out Bohemian Grove, but I'm doing okay. I had a technical issue. I had to actually go to one of those big box stores and buy equipment to do this broadcast today. Uh, Didn't plan on that, but we are uh, live and everything's reading good today. So uh, I don't think we'll have any more issues. It's good to see all of you. You guys are my support group. It is the 15th of December, 2023, 10 days away from Christmas. And this is the eve of uh, the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, 1773. Maybe we'll go into a little bit of that history today. Always fun to talk about rebellion against the current ruling order. That's what I love about America. I, I remember tweeting that during 2016. I'm like, I love you, America, for your defiance, for your your history of standing up to tyrants. Uh, six semper tyrannis, thus always to tyrants, you know, on the flag of Virginia. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be rebels. We're not supposed to be broken by by authoritarian goblins, soulless automatons for the uh, satanic new world order. We're supposed to be thriving, doing well. And uh, that's what my broadcast has always been about. Uh, Just a little bit of tea in the harbor every day. I remember saying that when I would have my show on Freedom 1160, right when I'd follow Mark Levin, I'd go, have you put a little tea in the harbor today? We'll talk about We'll talk about Tea Party Day. And it's been such a crazy last few hours trying to fix all these issues. I mean, the news cycle will go so fast. I might have missed some stuff. We'll go over some headlines today. I'll go to the chat uh, on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N, on the America Unplugged channel. We're also streaming on my Twitter, at Tony Arterburn, and freeworld.fm. This will be a broadcast that goes back on the Free World Network. Uh, that's been a labor of love. I've got I've got some help there. We're finally putting things together. We're building a uh, a lifeboat for free speech. 
uh, free thought, free speech, <laughs> freeworld.fm. Keep on talking in the free world. So uh, go check out freeworld.fm. It's going to be really cool. It's cool now, but it's going to be even cooler. Um, also, we've got 9.30 a.m. The Answer, San Antonio, my my home terrestrial station. Thanks for still carrying the feed. I appreciate all of you who tune in on Fridays. It means a lot to me. Well, we'll go over some precious metals pricing today, a little bit of uh, economic news, a little bit of cultural news. Uh, it's really interesting to watch what's happening in Ukraine with Zelensky. It's like the the story of the old Zen master. I, I brought this up many times on my broadcast. Something to, Zen is very important to study. It's very much like Stoicism. Uh, it's very much like in in the realm of Christianity too about not being too prideful, not not counting your chickens before they hatch, not having the arrogance to think that you direct all destinies and all things. And it really has been interesting to watch with Zelensky because I, I saw this at the beginning when he had so much outpouring of support. Hollywood, it's all the usual suspects. Ho- Hollywood picked it up. Washington, the establishment, the military industrial complex, the news, obviously, the teleprompter reader, hairdo people picked it up. It was all about him, and he had that cult of personality. The T-shirt—he's the new Hit—he's uh, the new Churchill fighting the new Hitler. You know, he's all the new things, right? And they roll him out in front of the green screen, and I just kept thinking, this can't last. This can't last. This this is not going to be something that we're going to be talking about with this reverence in a year. And sure enough, there's an article up today on Zero Hedge, and I hope it's not true because. I care about people. I don't care where, where, really where they are, but most people in, that are behind these lines and these conflicts that, that governments are at war with each other are just innocent bystanders. It's collateral damage, and it really is disgusting. I've seen that firsthand. There's, a, there's an article up on Zero Hedge. We'll get into that about how many casualties there really are for the Ukrainians because I saw this going into the war at the beginning, the early stages when we were placing the sanctions on. There was a lot of chatter up on drudge which i thought was nonsense when you had the casualty reports would come in and say oh russia's losing a thousand troops a week and i thought this can't be right it's a limited engagement if you know anything about modern warfare those numbers don't add up just based off of just just based off of new tactics and weaponry and technology that that doesn't make any sense but it went on for a while and then it stopped and I thought, okay, so what does this mean? So there is something, there is something in the numbers and this, the psychology of putting that out for there for people to embrace. Like this is really, this is something that uh, Russia's losing. Again, it's propaganda of the highest order, all flowing through the mainstream networks. And of course, Drudge was right out there in front of it, uh, putting these numbers out there. So I think there's something, actually, the quite the reversal, if you look at it. So. We're reaching the end cycle of, I mean, Zelensky was just in, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, he was there, uh, Mike Johnson, you know, the speaker that's walking around with him in the Capitol. Um, he's looking for, he's begging for money <laughs> and it still goes on. We'll talk a little bit about that today. And of course, silver, silver is, is really, I got a call on this yesterday somebody looking to make a, a another purchase and they're sticking with silver. And I was giving them the reasons it really is. It has to do with the, it's a, it's the poor man's gold and it's undervalued right now. I want to talk a little bit about that because Kitco put an article out 
uh, we'll go over some of the finer points of of why this analyst thinks that silver is a, a huge opportunity to buy into, especially with the loss of the purchasing power of the dollar. We'll go into that. But let's hit, uh, <laughs> this is my favorite story of the day. Let's do this first. Let me X out of this screen and we'll uh, we'll put this up on the on the view screen. This is one of the signposts on the road ahead as people actually start to push back on some of this satanic nonsense. It reminds me kind of the opposite of what satanic panic was back in the 80s. If you remember that, you had a lot of people that were saying that there was uh, a lot of satanic activity. Uh, I think a lot of it was LARPing, but there was real stuff going on at the same time. A lot of the talk shows picked it up, but it really wasn't going on in the way that, or at least the ones that were exposed, in my opinion, weren't some of the things that were actually happening. This is where they're bringing the whole thing out into your face. This is a zero hedge, by the way. This is, oh no, satanic goat skull display in Iowa State Capitol is destroyed. This is by Steve Watson at Modernity News. The, the, pen, the pentagram adorned Baphomet satanic Christmas display that had been installed in Iowa State Capitol building has been destroyed by a Christian military veteran. It says, here's the backstory. The Republican Sentinel reports that the veteran named Michael Cassidy beheaded the caped goat thing and threw the skull in a bin. <laughs> Breaking a at rep, a Republican Sentinel can reveal that Michael Cassidy, a Christian and former military officer, tore down the beheaded Satan altar in the Iowa State Capitol. Cassidy was quoted as stating that he took the action to awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. The world may tell you Christians to be uh, submissively to accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment, he added. The Satanic Temple of Iowa issued a statement acknowledging the display was destroyed beyond repair, but added, we are proud to continue our holiday display for the next few days that have been allotted. Okay. Well, they're... uh, kowtowing to this you guys know this is fake right Uh, this is not satanists in my opinion don't dress up in their robes out in public and they don't show up and this is all for effect because this is really just anti-religion anti-faith anti-tradition this is what this is all about and that's why they run this to try to delegitimize actual christian western tradition the the, the ethos of our entire civilization is on trial here for these people. This is an arm and a wing, much like communists destroy. That's why the first thing that the communism, uh, when communism takes power, it destroys. It goes after God, faith. It goes after the internal uh, belief systems, a tradition, everything, hearth and home. That's that's the bedrock because they would have to go after anything that would be in people's hearts that would be beyond the state because they want to be in charge. This is just another way to delegitimize that. The real Satanist, the ones that wear suit and ties that are very respectable that, you know, they have their uh, Stanley Kubrick had a film about it. it's called eyes wide shut. And they don't even, I don't even know if they really believe that they're worshiping Satan, but it's very Luciferian. It's very anti-God. They believe Lucifer in the garden is the good guy. The snake is the good guy, right? The snake is the the one who helps you see 
and reveals good and evil to you. That's the way they see it. The, the perfect and God being in control is very oppressive. That's the way they see it. This is the way that the Luciferian ethos and the thought system works. But all of this stuff, these displays, and you're going to see more of this. They've been doing this for years, the Baphomet statues, bringing that up, saying, well, if you can put the Ten Commandments up, then we can have Baphomet and you know, pay off to Satan. They really don't believe it. They're very much, they're caricatures of what Satanism is. I mean, you want to know real Satanism in the 20th century? Real evil. Look at the way that Bolshevism was coddled in the incubation stage by the people, the very people that Bolsheviks and communists say that they despise. And the top-down bloody authoritarianism that followed and like likes of which have never been seen because you merge technology with the authoritarian state and it was brutal and it was bloody and it was awful entire classes of people were wiped out that's real satanism because really communism is just the operate operating system for satanism in the material world so that's real satan this is this is larping this is just this is just a way to mock and try to get us to tear down our own values. And he's right about founding fathers would never put up with this stuff because no one would have been so crazy or so kooky. No one would have ever had standing in society that ever wanted to do this in that era in the 18th century or the 19th century. Not even close and not even 50 years ago. It's just when we have collectively lose our minds because really what cultural Marxism does, again, another aspect of Satanism, is it makes everything relative. It's, you know, an, a, a cousin to, to nihilism where nothing matters, which is ridiculous because if, why does that, why is that even a thought process? I mean, you have people that, that identify themselves as nihilist. I'm like, well, if nothing matters, why do you want me to know? <laughs> like, why do you even write about it? But that's what it is. It's all relative. That's why you can have people identify as whatever, you know, I'm a pancake from the planet peanut butter. Okay, well, we have to all respect you and all that stuff. Like everybody can uh, you know, just be what they want to be. And you have in the face of reality, that's kind of the, the root of uh, Orwell's 1984. You know, two plus two equals five. You have to believe that. And that's the issue is just tearing down everything that's rational and decent and good. And it starts with that. They use your arguments against you to create a a path for you to tear down your own traditions. So many arguments, the, the 10 commandments, you know, all, does anybody have a problem with that? You know, the bedrock of, of a lot of Western tradition, which would be, of course, the, the Bible and, uh, you know, literature and all the things that we've had, the Magna Carta, these all things go together, right? This makes Western civilization. You can't really have, it's not just one thing. It's a collection uh, of uh, centuries upon centuries, millennia upon millennia of, of thought and, tr and law. I mean, common law. I mean, the, the Bible, even in Genesis and in the first five books, you have the, the law and Leviticus and that's laid out. A lot of that came from the Hammurabi code and which was a thousand years before that. So there's a massive amount and you just want to take it all down because some people showed up in some costumes. 
well, this is what we're up against because if nothing matters, then I'll take it all down. Right. Well, that's just one of the, I thought the, the story was, it reminded me a lot of what happened to the Georgia Guidestones. Does anybody remember? If you go back through a uh, paratruther, we had a great paratruther just after someone, which who, who they never caught. So it, to me, you know, it, it's an inside job of some kind. They got rid of the Georgia Guidestones, which I'm the same age as the, I outlived them. I was uh, born in 79. They came out in 79, the end of 79, going into 80. And that's where you have this mysterious, you know, they have out in rural Georgia, they have these guidestones that were you know, quarried and made there and, and these custom made giant stones with several different languages on them. And, and just saying that uh, you need to keep uh, balance, uh, human population in, in perpetual balance with nature, not above 500 million, which would be a 95% reduction in the population and all these other occultic viewpoints. I think if you go back and listen to Paratruth, I think we hit upon um, some of the, probably some of the root of who actually put that there. Who knows who took it down? Well, we know who took down this statue and uh, this monument, which I think, you know, is it the best way to do it? Probably. I mean, the state isn't good. The state is celebrating and saying that this was something that, you know, they're unfortunate and they're going to run more displays, but they're supposed to get you to react and I guess they got a reaction. <laughs> so, well, this there'll be more of this. They're going to challenge in all these state capitals. They want to remove all forms of hearth and home and tradition, history, heroes, all of that needs to be scrapped for these people. It may seem like the conservative Christians are being the Taliban by taking down. They're not just you have to do it peacefully. You have to do it lawfully. But you definitely make some headlines when you decapitate uh, the statue of Baphomet. Don't you don't you know you're going to make some globalists mad? They're going to be angry with you. All right, I'll go to the Rockfin chat here in uh, just a second. I appreciate everybody uh, standing by with me. I, we went live earlier today, and guess what? It cut off midstream. I had to go to a big box store, get a giant ethernet cable, run it through my office and plug in and go direct because something's up with the Wi-Fi. So we are, we are streaming, I think without interruption right now. So always fun. And my phone's ringing. <laughs> always fun. We're, we're on a different schedule. All right, let's, uh, let's jump around here to some some other stories. Let's jump into the, oh, this was fun. I, I saw this on um, lourockwell.com, and we haven't covered in mo many stories on Lou Rockwell in a while. I want to pull this up for you guys. Uh, hold on a second. Let me let me get back to this screen. Yeah, this is my, I'm getting used to this new system. StreamYard changed up a, a few things. Here, let me share this with you. Um, this was on Lou Rockwell and I had some questions the other day when I was on with quite frankly about the new president of Argentina. And I, I had to defer the fact that I found it strange and I didn't know much about him. I was, uh, I'm still, you know, I was uh, anticipating something to come out that made me go, Oh, that's why, you know, because an anarcho-capitalist out of the blue 
swinging just that far, the pendulum swinging that far in Argentina, uh, and they were about to join BRICS. Well, there's some uh, there's some backstory to that. Let's let's LouRockwell.com. Financial elites take one back. And this is the IMF's Argentina coup by Phil Butler. Of course, the IMF, uh, the creature of Bretton Woods, the International Monetary Fund that came out April 1944 at Bretton Woods in New Hampshire. It's one of the byproducts of the new financial world order. So it's been hanging around doing its thing, loaning out loaning out money to poor countries and then using the interest to sway them into uh, doing the bidding of multinational corporations and the geopolitical goals of the ruling globalist order. And something was happening in Argentina. They were moving away from the IMF, moving away from the sphere of the United States. And, and, of course, into BRICS, into Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And there seems to be a coup there. I think this article is right, so I'll read a little bit of it. Within hours of Javier Millet's election win over Argentina President Alberto Fernandez, Latin America's third largest economy power withdrew its petition to join the BRICS. Scheduled to become a member of the bloc at the start of the coming year, Argentina will shun the fr- will shun what Fernandez and many financial analysts called the great opportunity. The struggling Argentinians will sink with other nations clinging to the dollar hegemony. For those who question why, the reasons are obvious. And this goes in to talk about uh, puppeteering Western elites. Who could stand in the wings of such a reversal of fortune for South America's second biggest economic power? Well, the American hegemons, of course. It should come as no surprise that Javier Malay was the second head economist for Maxima AFJP, a private pension company which is 40% owned by New York Life, BlackRock. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission from 2012 shows NYL Advantage controlled 40% of Maxima AFJP. Malay was installed as Argentina's leader like Ukraine's Zelensky, as a pushback against the multipolar world taking shape. For BlackRock and other institutional shareholders of Latin American debt, and with the dollar under assault, Argentina joining the BRICS would have been a death spike. The new bloc move would also not be in the best interest of billionaire Eduardo Yurkinian, the man standing directly behind Millet. The connections between Javier Millet and BlackRock is through Dario Epstein, a representative of Pampa Energia, which is in bed with, which is in bed with the billionaire Yurnikian. BlackRock also had a huge amount of Argentinian debt securities. As for Yurnikian, he's a fascinating figure, a child of American immigrants to Argentina, who is known as the nation builder in chief to Armenians. Uh, Argentina's migration to the Russia-China orbit would have been as bad or worse than losing the Ukraine proxy war on Russia where American corporate investments are concerned. To understand how crucial Latin American countries are to the Western financial hegemony, we need only look back to the 1990s when advisory committees of international banks negotiated debt structuring agreements 
for Argentina, Brazil, Jamaica, Mexico, Peru, Uruguay, Nicaragua, and Iraq. The story about former Citibank chair William Rhodes from the Center for Financial Stability lists names of people heavily invested in American and European domination of finance. One named BlackRock, right? BlackRock shows up a lot. That's weird because it's kind of hard in our current structure. And after the Trump presidency, the BlackRock, it's hard to tell where BlackRock begins and the Federal Reserve ends and vice versa. Oh, I got some comments on on Twitter. That's been a while since I've actually been, or X or whatever it is, is finally integrating into the system. I'll get to the comments here in a minute. We have uh, Jackson T. Barrett gave me some comments. Thanks for doing that. So you can see, guys, I mean, they have, there's something with Malay and the ties to the West. And, and the, the article goes on to talk about how he, he has meetings and had meetings lined up with the United States and, I mean, it's huge. Uh, this is uh, an out in the open. And of course, it's a misdirection because you're like, how's this? Is Are people, are we really seeing a gain in traction for populist uprising? And it's just like here in the West. I mean, we thought 2016 was this massive pushback. I thought so for a long time. Uh, it was turned back. Kind of like that, kind of like fear and loathing in Las Vegas when the wave, you know, it cr- turns back and crests back, rolls back after that revolution. There's something wrong. There's something I thought was weird at the beginning of this too. It's really about returning Argentina to the sphere of the dollar. That's not anarcho-capitalism. That's not. That's not to uh, in my. You, it, that's a bad bet, by the way. Uh, just, I mean, you know, patriotism aside. My loyalties aside, why would you go with a system that is sinking further and further into political chaos, debt, the inability to uh, conduct foreign policy, the inability to even help itself with energy independence, with uh, national security? Why would you sink in with that when you look to Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa? These are emerging economies. you got 40 percent of the world's population just in those countries alone that want to create a new financial system. I don't know. Maybe that new system won't work either, Uh, but something is not quite wise about sticking with a system that looks like ours. All right. I'm going to go to the Rockfin chat. By the way, thanks for all you guys being here. It means a lot to me. Oh, we just got Yekka in the chat. I ran off everyone else because I, I tried streaming earlier and uh well you guys saw you, you guys that stuck around i appreciate it we'll get uh, jackson t barrett and he wants me to talk about precious metal thorium well i can but don't deal in a lot of th- I've, i know what you're talking about uh safe nuclear reactor fuel stock how much is enriched uranium worth per ounce that's a great question he tells me who to contact well maybe we'll get him on the show I'm all about, you know, there's another aspect of precious metals. I mean, that's going into copper. Uh, there's, there's article, there's a buzz right now going on about copper. I mean, everything is, you talk about wiring systems, uh, the machinery, the technology, it's same thing with silver. What's it? Somebody was telling me the other day, it was like, it was like 40 pounds of silver in each Tomahawk missile. 
or something like that. It's just an amazing amount of, of metals and rare earth stuff that we need for the 21st century. And of course, China is taking so much of the lead on that. And we're, the United States is lagging behind. I don't think that our financial wizards or elites are really paying attention to what's going to be needed for all of this new energy technology. Yeah, Jackson says, uh, thanks for the mention. You got it. Um, if you guys comment on the Twitter, I'll, I'll mention you uh, if I can get to it. Happy to. This is an open, this is open source intel. This is just me, you know, at my shop talking uh, headlines and history with you guys. So something to talk about there with Malay. I thought that was interesting. You know, be skeptical of all these things that are coming up, new networks and people and trying to funnel you into a certain political movement. It doesn't mean that it, not everything is an op to get you to be neutralized, but a lot of it is. And that's the that's the hard part. It's like trying to find good information, what's honest, what's real. Like in the struggle to find out where you stand in this world, it's really tough to get to what uh, the essence of what's real. So that's one of the reasons I, I have my show is because we're going to talk about, you know, I, I'm an advocate for precious metals, uh, of course, but also research and re- real scholarship. I, I only, I only associate with people like Don Jeffries, you know, with David Knight, uh, with Billy Ray Valentine, like people that I know that have read and studied the issues and that their, their interest is in the truth. People like Charlie Robinson, like these are, I'm in such a, a magnificent camp of people that I get to draw on. And in, in my phone, I have even more people that I've interviewed. Uh, people like Chris Graves, who's uh, a, a researcher that I, I mean, he's, he's amazing. He has his own shows, but it's some amazing stuff that comes out of this. I, I'm surrounded by great people. And it, all of us are collectively trying to figure out what the hell's going on because there's a massive amount of, dis, of disinformation right now. And, False political movements, false, you know, I'll, you know, false idols. That this is very much in the in the way of a fourth turning because institutions that you grew up with, and then have been with us for decades, in a fourth turning, uh, those institutions, the decay in them is so rotten that they basically get replaced. In the last fourth turning, we had a war department. Do you guys even know this? Like, we had a, de- a war department. That's what it was from the founding of the country until the late 1940s. And Harry Truman changed it to the defense department to, to rename it, rebrand it as something less abrasive in the cold war. Was that a good idea? We kind of sanitized war. And Harry Truman also said that we had a police action when he was asked about what Korea was. He didn't call it a war. He called it a police action with the UN while MacArthur was in charge. He also had the presidential seal. He had the eagle turn away from the arrows and towards the olive branch. There's a lot of little subtleties that Truman did because he he believed in signs and symbols and talismans, and, and maybe he was right on some of it. But you look at the changing of our institutions in the last fourth turning, that was one of them to go. It became something else. As a matter of fact, it became with document NSC 68 in 1947, you created the national security state. You know, according to Gore Vidal, that's the, that's the birth of national security state. That's the NSA, the CIA, the air force was born out of NSC 68, the, the, the national security council. All these were put into place. That's what created 
you know, what we think of Eisenhower referred to it as a military industrial complex. And that was born out of the old institutions that were more connected to well, what America was. It was founded to be a Republic from sea to shining sea checks and balances, not too much power in any location. Some presidents were just basically uh, irrelevant. You know, Truman didn't like uh, Cal Coolidge. He said that Cal Coolidge got more sleep than any other president in history, which I think I'm fine with. Cal Coolidge also said that the business of America was business. I'd like to get back to that instead of the whatever this is, um, where we're going around looking for monsters to destroy or not, or we're the monster in some of these uh, unfortunate situations. Like when we go into uh, who's the, who's the good guy in Ukraine. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that one through? Who's the good guy? You know, is there a good guy or is it just pretty much, is it just uh, the after effect cause and effect of bad policy and lies? I think it's a lot of those things. There's not a good guy. It's just, it's just gross. It's grotesque from the inside out. So we're watching a changing of our institutions, folks. It's what a fourth turning uh, is all about. And uh, I want to, I want to continue to go into that. This is, this is going to be a huge part. You talk about the bottom falling out of, of a lot of what you, what you're standing on. It's, that's called normalcy bias. You get hit like a freight train. Because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still counting on this thing that I grew up with or that I have gotten used to to still work. It's, it's the same thing I talked about on David Knight's show the other day or yesterday. You, you look at the people that have in popular culture that are pushing back and saying, wait, you know, Kevin in Home Alone, we've added up his groceries and what he paid for them. And, and there's risen 247% and they have memes floating around. But at the same time, the popular opinion is that, well, we're coming in for a soft landing too. And this is the, according to the mainstream networks, do I, I mean, we do trust all of what they say, but this is, you know, a lot of people and there's evidence that people are happy because they have uh, funds pouring back into those same systems. I would be very skeptical of any system that props up and perpetuates a, a currency that is constantly losing value. I mean, in the face of that, and that's folks, why why do we have IRAs and 401ks if not to get you to ignore the fact that you can't save your dollars anymore? You have to constantly turn them into something else. That's what the 1970s were all about. It was uh, inflation shock. You had the inflation shock of, of the 1970s that ended with gold being up 2,000%. It wasn't really up. It was just the fact that the dollar had lost purchasing power. That is the... That is the model that you're never going to hear from the mainstream, that the financial networks are not they're going to talk to you about FANG stocks and what's happening with Google and what's happening with it. doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you can make some money. I'm not saying you, there's people that do great in the stock market. I'm not saying you can't. What I'm saying is that whole system is tied together. That's one thing to me. That's one giant thing where you have ESG, you have environmental social governance, which is just a fancy new way of having the world's richest people fund communism again. That's what they do. And it's not like your local banker or your, uh, you know, the guy that owns uh, 20 uh, Wendy's franchises and rent houses and has a, a, you know, a decent portfolio and owns some land is maybe got, got 20 million. Uh, that guy doesn't want to fund communism, okay, uh, or socialism. 
or uh, create a system of capitalism, not capitalism. It doesn't that 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 guy doesn't or gal doesn't want to do that. That's not who I'm talking about. Talking about the people, Satanists, they don't dress up in robes. They have suits and ties and they tell you what they're going to do and you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. It's like, isn't the World Economic Forum ever going to talk about economics? Like, do they do that? No. That the whole point is to control the economies, to control you, to control the movement and supplies of things because they feel they've anointed themselves as masters of the universe. Right. So I'm talking about that system tied to the current stock market, all of that. And some stocks are worth looking into, not saying they're not. I'm not even I'm not giving you investment advice. There's a lot of mining stocks that I want to talk about. And I've gotten a couple of texts and people asking me about that. What do you want? I'm going to have some people on. We're going to talk about mining stocks because there's going to be, in my opinion, there's not enough silver and gold on the market to meet demand. The only reason that you don't have a run on it is because people are still buying paper and the paper hasn't driven uh, the demand where it should because you can just trade in and out of paper and it just looks like you have gold. So that is, uh, I think there's going to be a reckoning on that someday. Very soon. All right. I'll check the Rockfin chat again. I think last time it was just Yekka. It's just Yekka. I <laughs> uh, appreciate Yekka being in there. Thank you. Oh, and we have Bones 498 joined. Did you join Wolfpack or just join the chat? Uh, thanks for thanks for being here. All right, we got a, a little bit of time left. Let's talk some history. Well, let's do let's do history last. I want to go. This is this to real quick. Let's talk about this article that's up on Zero Hedge, and this has to do with Ukraine. I told you guys I'd bring it up. It's kind of weird, right? We don't know what the true damage of this war is is or or is going to be hopefully there is a wind down process i the uh, the pessimist in me is very skeptical of anything happening like that but let's look at 400,000 ukrainians killed in action action explains a whole lot <laughs> this is authored by mike uh, fredenberg via the uh, epoch times how many casualties has ukraine suffered how many casualties has Russia suffered? Answering these questions is critical in determining the best and most moral path forward for Ukraine and the United States. Estimates of Ukrainians killed in actions, KIA, range from as low as just over 30,000, which, by the way, that's, a, that's getting close to Korean War territory. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's, I think 45 to 50,000 in the uh, Korean War for the United States. So that's bad in and of itself. And it ranges from 30,000 to, to a high of over 400,000. This is obviously these two estimates can't be reconciled. And it really, really matters to the people of Ukraine. Which one is closer to the truth? While 30,000 deaths is tragic, anything approaching 400,000 KIA and the accompanying hundreds of thousands of casualties is a humanitarian catastrophe that makes talks of continuing offensive operations next year or even believing in a stalemate wishful thinking that will result in even more fruitless Ukrainian deaths. This is what I've been saying about this conflict. I just, from the outside looking in, knowing a little bit of the history that the mainstream, uh, mainstream 
uh, hairdo uh, propagandists, teleprompter readers that they're just either stupid or they're in on it. They don't know the history. That's what's been bothering me is how can you talk about offensive? How can you, why continue to just to hurt your own people? Uh, Wasn't it Sun Tzu as a great quote that an evil man will stand on the ashes of the country that he rules. You have to, at some time believe that there has to be another way forward. And, you know, you get the delusions of grandeur that you're the next Churchill or something or whatever the t-shirt man believes. Unsurprisingly, since the war began, the United States and its allies have unswervingly pushed the narrative that Russia is incurring far more casualties than Ukraine. This is what I said, right? Going back to the beginning of the war with the with the Drudge Report, I'm like, this can't be real. This can't be right. Well, it turns out I'm probably, I was closer to the truth uh, than I thought I was. This casualty narrative was critical critical to maintaining any plausibility that Ukraine could defeat a country that has four to five times more men of military age and that was recently rated as having the world's most powerful military. It's talking about Russia. Hence, given the need to maintain the plausibility of a Ukrainian victory, it isn't surprising that NATO intelligence asserted that the Battle of Bakhmut saw Russia losing at least five soldiers, KIA, for every one of Ukraine's. However, since the fall of Bakhmut to Russia, the failure of the much-hyped Ukrainian counteroffensives and sign that Ukraine's military is nearing collapse, we're no longer hearing about five-to-one casualties. Still, the most recent estimates from the United States and British officials claim that Russia has suffered 120,000 KIA, while Ukraine has only suffered 70,000, more than the United States suffered in over 10 years of war with Vietnam. That's that's what I was going to say, the, the lowest estimate. Well, this is, this is the, the, the first casualty of war is the truth. And then we look at these headlines, and this, isn't this just disgusting all the way around? And for what? For what? What, what has been gained through any of this? There was plenty of room. You got to think we're controlled with these people that, or whatever they are, uh, <laughs> these these uh, entities, individuals who are in the, the seats of power that are playing with people's lives, like there's some kind of a god, like they they have the the divine right to do that, and I say this with one hundred percent disgust in my heart and contempt for those who would allow this to continue because there has been unlike any other conflict that we've ever seen in our, in our time. And if you don't know geopolitics, I understand, but if you're kind of a nerd like me and somebody who studied geopolitics and lived through a bit of geopolitics, especially warfare, you look at this and go, wait a minute, why wasn't there ever any overtures for peace? Why didn't they have an off-ramp for peace? Why isn't why wasn't there a Reykjavik or a summit? Like even I mean go Reagan called the Soviet Union an evil empire one time. One time. And by the end of his presidency, for all his faults, he was meeting with Gorbachev in Red Square and they were slapping each other on the back. And as a matter of fact, Reagan led prayers in Red Square. Okay? 
this was the rhetoric of the we had we put SDI, which was the Strategic Defense Initiative, it was, it was eventually called Star Wars as a mockery. We never really actually built it, but that was what uh, you know the the bargaining chip that Reagan had against Gorbachev. If you want to go into geopolitics and the Cold War, but the, the, the mere fact that I'm talking about this is like we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. You had 13 days of John F. Kennedy. It was about to, it was being advised by everyone, all the, even the people they brought out of retirement, like Dean Acheson, to hit the island of Cuba with airstrikes followed by invasion that would start a, a domino effect, in my opinion, would have for nuclear war. But even Kennedy, it, it, with his back against the wall, had a direct line to Khrushchev. So, what are they doing here? This is what I've been asking for the last year and a half. It's like, why isn't there a summit? Why isn't there overtures? Why isn't so we're supposed to follow the t-shirt man into oblivion. And this is what I find disgusting about the entire thing. And, you know, Russia, I, you know, you got people on that side saying that uh, Russia's always right. And I, I don't need to get into that. I know what happened after the fall of the Soviet Union. I know what Russia's national survival looks like. I know that if we, the United States, if China was aggressively building bio labs on our border in Mexico and partnering with them and giving them weapons and using their uh, their landmass and their resources to gain intelligence on us, and they were provocative and doing all the things, and they were building alliances closer and closer to our borders, we would be justified in expelling them from our hemisphere. It's called the Monroe Doctrine. Matter of fact, we, you know, they, we enabled that in the 19th century. That was our foreign policy. Don't colonize our hemisphere, period. That was it. That was American foreign policy until the Spanish-American War. Until they sunk, until somebody, uh, probably us, uh, sunk the main. It wasn't Spain. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the, Spain, the crumbling Spanish empire with their wooden ships that wanted to go to war with the United States. In 1898, okay? But that's been the policy of the United States. Of course we would react. So that's another viewpoint you never get from the mainstream media and, and people like Fox News where you get Brian Kilmeade going apoplectic because uh, was it Ramaswamy who didn't want to continue funding for Ukraine? I mean, what is up with these people? Have you looked at the backstory? And all the people that are caught in the middle are just regular folks. And then you have soldiers going to war. It's just, it's disgusting. For what? For what? So we could continue to launder money through there? Does the the Biden family and Burisma and all these little military industrial complex, <laughs> all these little gargoyles, not worth it. Not worth a single life. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Barrett says, uh, it's a ner- I'm a nerd warrior, N- nerd warrior, Tony. Thank you. Uh, I, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, <laughs> I like being a little bit of a nerd. Oh, and thanks for uh, joining Wolfpack. Uh, J-, J Bones 498 there on Twitter. That really means a lot to me. Every time somebody joins, we get a little stronger and I can buy. But I, I was in the back office today. I found some really cool uh, silver rounds. I bought a monster box forever before all the wolf. Pack. I won't even see any. I can't get them. I, I, I can't join Wolfpack. Uh, isn't that sad? Because I'm in charge of the merchant account. I can't, I can't plug in my stuff. It's, it's uh, against policies. I can't join Wolfpack, but you guys get a, a ton of cool stuff coming out. I've got some new gold that's going in there. 
uh, all kinds of uh, we got Christmas rounds, uh, stuff for kids. We got the new newsletter going out today. <laughs> yeah, uh, J Bones Four. That's all it ever is. It's well, silver. If you got some gold though, if you maybe if you're on the lone wolf level, you're probably going to get some gold backs. Watch out for those. Uh, those are really cool. That's that's uh, the acceptable gold currency. That's twenty four karat gold. It's in a note. And it's accepted by uh, states like New Hampshire, Wyoming, uh, Nevada has goldbacks. We're getting from a goldback company, and they're really cool. I, I'm by, I have some goldbacks, so that's just something I did. I get to to uh, to put in my own stocking with some goldbacks. So, thanks for doing that. And uh, well, we're running out of time here. Let's go a little bit of history, real quick. Let me X out of this. Yeah, Wolfpack Gold. Go check that out. You want to. Support small business, support the broadcast, wolfpack.gold. We've got a great uh, great many specials that are out right now. We're working on our online presence. It's going to be cool. Lots of stuff coming out with that. Uh, I got a, earlier I was mentioning that I got a uh, a call from my my number that's up on peoplesprotectionplan.com. I've been with uh, Legal Shield for 20 plus years, folks, and I would really really implore you to go check out peoplesprotectionplan.com because there is a membership there less than a do- like a dollar a day and you can protect you and your family like there's no extra cost for like if it's your family you and your spouse and you got your kids living up until the age of like I think it's 25 uh, they're protected under the plan when you have 87,000 new IRS agents you got all of this all of the red tape they want to roll in regulation uh, access, unlimited access to attorneys, all 50 states. There is no extra billing when you want to talk to an attorney. I Just go check that out, peoplesprotectionplan.com and get your will done. I mean, just that mere fact alone that you get your will and your estate planning done through them at no extra cost. They give you a form, totally worth it. That's like a $500 value right there, minimum. So uh, go check that out. All right. I remember I mentioned the Boston Tea Party. This is the Encyclopedia Britannica, but yeah, December 16th, 1773, an incident in which 203, excuse me, 342 chests of uh, tea belonging to the British East India Company were thrown from ships into the Boston Harbor by, by American patriots disi- disguised as Mohawk Indians. <laughs> the Americans were protesting both attacks on tea, taxation without representation, and the perceived monopoly of the East India Company. The Townsend Acts passed by Parliament in 1867, wasn't that the intolerable act? Imposing duties on various products imported by the British colonies had raised such a storm of colonial protest and noncompliance that they were repealed in 1770, saving on the duty, saving the duty on tea, which was retained by Parliament to demonstrate its presumed right to raise such colonial revenue without colonial approval. The merchants of the Boston uh, circumnavigated. The act by continuing to receive uh, receive tea smuggled in by Dutch traders. Well, see, that's always a way around it in the in the market. Always get around it. You know, they um, we'll have to get in. We need to do a Boston Tea Party uh, show on Paratruther because there's some other stuff where you have the uh, you know Sam Adams and so many others that were part of this history. It's really fascinating, and you get into the fact where they met at the Masonic Lodge, and then you can get into the whole. Uh, Masonic history of the United States, which is fascinating. And there's a whole lot of it that is unknown and 
I know a little bit about. And not all of it's what uh, a part of the conspiracy theory of history. Some of it is actually interesting. All right, folks, we'll be back next week. Everybody, uh, stay tuned. A new Paratruthers coming out, freeworld.fm. Take care of each other. End of transmission. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years, and I have to tell you that if there is a real devil like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer. I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else. Nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation and before long evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.